Hi, and welcome to episode 319 of No Crying in Baseball, the banana pudding episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend, Potty Mouth. Potty Mouth, I'm a little worried about you. I am too, man. And I could really use some banana pudding right now. My throat is killing me, and I think my voice probably uh, uh, displays that. And banana pudding would be so perfect. Maybe I can send Mr. Potty Mouth tech support out on a banana pudding run. Just so you know, Dusty Baker is actually the purveyor of banana pudding. Will he bring me some? Oh, I hope so. I hope so. More um, on that later. Oh, man. I would love to do that. The other thing that I, <clears throat> I would love to do is get a fucking uh, COVID booster. So I, I I, kind of, you know, reflect on the days in the sign off. And maybe I should be saying this at the end. But like when you do the fight the man, send the baseballs to Meredith. And it used to be get boosted. And then the boosters went away. And COVID has come back, and I have gotten it for the first fucking time. So I've made it this far without COVID, and now I have it, and it sucks. And so that's my um, huge caveat, even though, like, I seem to put one of those in every week of, of why I'm totally unprepared. But this time, it's for real. Like, I've been just, like, down for the count. And also, when I got it, most people who I've talked to have said, oh, including my kid, that they just had bad symptoms for like a day and it went by pretty quickly. Oh, that was me. That's what I told you that. Yeah. yeah. But my kid did too. And uh, another friend of ours did too. And so I, I fully expected, because I usually, I don't get sick that often. I fully expected for this to be like a day thing. And here I am on day three, I guess it was Friday night, that I first felt a little weird. Um, first test I took on Saturday actually was negative, the at-home test. And it was, oh no, Friday night was negative and then Saturday it was positive. Yikes. So um, I also noticed uh, reading the news today that the FDA announced today, great timing today, that the new uh, vaccine that they've been talking about that's going to be like this yearly thing, get your COVID booster, get your flu booster every year or whatever. I don't know if they even call it booster, but you get your annual thing. They announced today that hopefully it'll be ready later this week after the CDC approval. So I just missed it. I, I feel like I just missed out if I had fucking gotten that back. If they had gotten their act together like a week ago, yeah. I would be okay. But here I am plugging away in the name of baseball, which does, you know, get us through hard times, I think. Do you think there's any correlation in like being back into a public school? For, oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's really, like I'm sure I got it at work. I'm sure I got it at work. There are people yeah. dropping left and right. Although because of, you know, the lack of, of testing anymore, um, it's really unclear. You know, I've had a lot of students who have said they were sick. We always ask if they've done a COVID test. Um, most of them say that they have and it came back negative. But, you know, that's what happened to me the first time I did the, the take-home test. So, I don't know. I've had a lot of kids out sick. A lot. So yeah. yay for public well, school. With, with potty mouth out sick, I had to do what was going to be a fun thing for the two of us oh, all man. by my lonesome. Um, I spent Sunday morning at our, our pretty new local bookstore um, listening to a talk by Ellen Lindner, who is the author and artist of a, a comic book series called Lost Diamonds, A History of Gender Rebellion in American baseball. And she was so much fun. I'm hoping that we can entice her to be on the show with us. But one of my favorite things was, you know, as soon as I got there, there was a, you know, that the screen was up, you know, for this like little PowerPoint thing. And what it said was 10 things I want people to know about people who are not cis men playing baseball in America. 
And I thought, this is Sunday morning in Tacoma Park. Wow, that's for sure. And she was smart and funny and had done really good research. And what she talked about was largely things that happened before the All-American Girls League because, like, she's going to get there. You know, that'll be, like, you know, the next volume wow. but um in her, in her top 10 things there was a there was a picture of olivia pichardo and there was a picture oh, cool. of um oh shoot um the 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 of the staten island fairy uh oh the, kelsey whitmore kelsey yep and that that was like her her finish slide i was like oh my god look at you look That's at you know all the cool. things so that made me really happy so i'm going to link to um ellen lidner's uh work so you can get yourself a copy of lost diamonds i got volumes one and two for me and one and two for potty mouth and one and two for our intern don't you wish you were an intern with no crying in baseball you'd get presents too i was about to say thank you so much for that like that totally made my day as i'm sitting like a lump and it's definitely something that even somebody who's sick can read it's very easily accessible so that's awesome excellent hey so on today's show our boyfriends include the two-step and please stop stirring the pot we've got stealing not as a crime and then under police blotter we do have crimes we have mayhem with the nationals and a repeat offender We've got Women's World Cup news, and we're going to check in with our predictions. We're going to start with our boyfriends. If you remember, these are the guys that we pick each year, one guy per team. Somebody that we think is a lot of fun, really loves the game, is good at what he does, and has something special about him that makes us want to maybe go have a beer with him. Like, we want to hang out with this guy because he's got something good going on. So we pick our guys in the offseason, and then we select from them to create our fantasy team. And so what I've been doing every week is looking at the last seven days of statistics for my boyfriends that are on my fantasy league and looking for the ones who have been outstanding just for that past seven days to talk about them. This was the weirdest thing. When I checked yesterday, we, we are recording on Monday night because we were hoping that Potty Mouth would get a little bit better. So my, my notes are from Sunday, my, my usual Sunday notes. I had four boyfriends with an OPS greater than 1,000. Holy shit. So Chas McCormick was 1.236. Seiya Suzuki was 1.376. He's currently the best hitter on the Cubs. Cal Raleigh was just over 1.059. And Spencer Torkelson was 1.042. He had another two home run game this week. That was his fifth multi-homer game this season. I found an article that's talking about him as the sort of like the heir to Miggy Cabrera, which I think might be a little extreme, but that's got to feel good to see that, right? Sure. So... But what I'm going to tell you about Chaz McCormick is really the media making stuff of news where it's not news. This is the stirring the pot thing. I've talked over the past several weeks about, you know, Chaz McCormick is my Astros guy and he plays center field. And the Astros have had a couple, they have a couple of really good contenders in center field. And so there's, it's been a battle all season about who's going to be out there. You can call it a battle or you can call it just, you know, we're kind of in rotation, right? Or, or we're just, we're taking our turns out there, but Chaz has been hitting really well. And so a lot of people have been saying, what the hell, why, why, why are you sitting him this week? Why are you sitting him this game? Um, you know, we've got Michael Brantley, my, my old Cleveland boyfriend's out there. He's the veteran. We've got, um, Dubon, who's got a great arm who's out there. So they're, they're, they're all good possibities. Chaz's numbers are really similar to another center fielder who you might know, which would be Julio Rodriguez, right? So Chaz McCormick got a higher batting average, higher um, on-base percentage, and he's higher in slugging, right? Wow. And, and 
no one would question J-Rod being the starting center, Absolutely. center fielder, right? Um, only on the on Houston, only Altuve and Jordan Alvarez have a higher OPS. So uh, that that those numbers taken on their own without any other context, context about like who the other team is, who's pitching, other information that a manager might take into con- you know into um, consideration. So there were there's been rumors as to reasons. So he, uh, McCormick sat on Wednesday, and the press asked Dusty Baker, um, and they asked, they actually they asked Chaz about how he felt about Dusty Baker because he was because he was sitting again, right? And he said, right now we're okay. It's really all about winning each game here on out with no distractions. We're good. So McCormick is saying, we're good. We're fine. You know, we're great. And then the media asked Dusty Baker. Of course. Is is his weight a factor? Is Chess McCormick's weight a factor? Oh, my God. He's sitting? And he's uh, he's a little heavier than he was before. He says he feels really good where his weight is right now. He feels really strong, but he is a little bit heavier. Dusty Baker said, no. Why would you even ask right. that? But because the question was asked, all of a sudden, it's a thing. And it had an entire news cycle about, is Chaz McCormick's weight an issue of why he's not playing? So finally, Dusty Baker on Friday says, apparently, he fesses up to, he sometimes stops at a local place and gets banana pudding for Chaz McCormick. And he said, if I was worried about his weight, why the hell would I bring him banana pudding? (laughs) He said, I take care of my guys and I appreciate if people would stop trying to help me manage because I think I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I think so. He's been at it a little bit. I take care of my players the same way they take care of me. So, I mean, come on. Come on. Why did you even bring it up? It made a whole new cycle. But I think that both um, uh, Chaz and Dusty handled that super well. Man, now I really want some banana pudding. (laughs) That just sounds like the perfect thing for me right now. Well, what what I'm having... um, right now is um i i got myself some checker spot beer because that's our Mm. baseball beer when we go to o's games and i wanted to i got um i got stoop sesh which is their session ipa and it's making me very very happy so i'm going to be drinking some stoop sesh while i tell you about hassan kim who stole five bases this week that's a lot it's a lot of bases so there's a really nice profile of him in the athletic talking about the importance of him to his country, he's South Korean, and sort of the history of South Korean players and where his place is in that. Um, Hassan Kim could be the first Korean player to win a gold glove in Major League Baseball. He's won, when he played for the KBO, he won three. Wow. So it would not be his first gold glove. It would be his first Major League Baseball gold glove. Right now, as of last night, he had 17 home runs and 34 stolen bases, which is the most ever by a big leaguer from South Korea. So he's doing pretty well. He's feeling good about it. He's got an entire country behind him, plus more, because, you know, he's got a lot of fans in San Diego. They chant his name. They love him. And that's that's pretty cool. So that's nice to see. I'm going to link to that profile so you can kind of get this context, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And they're going to South. They're going to South Korea next year. Right. The Padres for that opening game thing. So I'm sure that he will get a huge warm welcome when they're there. Absolutely. All right, what I get? Oh my god, I can't. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this, but I am trying, folks. I'm trying. I have a couple of guys who had a good week. So along following in Patty's footsteps a little bit is um, looking at guys who did well this week, and I'm looking at two guys who have underperformed under some in in some measurements, but have done really well lately. And the first is my Yankees guy, Oswald Peraza. 
So the Yankees, as y'all know, are, are in the gutter down there uh, slightly below the Red Sox. I'm really hoping it stays that way. And there's all sorts of um, chatter out there about the historic nature of the two of these teams being in the gutter together at this point of the year. But uh, Oswald Peraza has been up and down a little bit this year. And his my pick of him was a big gamble because he did not make it for starting lineup. Um, Anthony Volpe was, was the choice for stor- shortstop. Peraza is on third base at this point. He was up in April, well, through, through mid-April through the beginning of May, April th- uh, 18th to May 3rd. And in that time, he batted 188. So he was sent back down to AAA, came up for a little bit in July, and did 150 during about 10 days in July. In the end of August, when they brought him back up again, and that's when the Yankees were sort of like, all right, they're, they're reshuffling a little bit, getting, getting rid of the old and in with the new, realizing that things were not going according to the plan. The last week of August, though, pretty much, August 22nd to the 31st, he was batting 069. So things were not looking good, and my pick is not looking good. However, this past week, actually a little more than this past week, September 1st to the 9th, his average was 323. So what's going on with Oswald Peraza? Well, it's the the fancy two-step, apparently. Um, He has changed his... uh, his batting, what do you call that? The, the what you do right before you hit the ball. Um, is it's not a wind up because it's a batter. No, There's it's, a name. It's batting stance, and then yeah. you know he's got his kick or or not. Right. So that's the thing. He's got his kick or not. And he used to have a strong leg kick, and apparently that wasn't working for the beginning of the season. He changed it in. I think it was in July to a toe tap, trying to do a little bit better, and that didn't work either. So now he's in this sort of two-step hybrid where he does the leg kick un- unless um, it's two strikes on him and then he does the toe tap. So I'm, I'm picturing like some sort of like, I don't know, salsa step or something like kick, kick, toe tap or something like that. Like <laughs> I think it could be the Peraza dance is what we can look at it as. Um, Unfortunately, just as a side note on the Yankees, uh, Jason Dominguez, who was another one of the hot new baby bombers who had who had just come up and did all sorts of fantastic stuff in his uh, a little over a week. He was in for eight games in eight yeah. games. Yeah, he that had, homer for his first at bat, didn't it, he? Yep, yeah, off of we talked. I think I mentioned that last week off yeah, of um, yeah. off of Verlander, his yeah. v- very first pitch. Um, he continued to do really well. So in his first eight games, he got four home runs, seven RBI, and a stolen base. He was batting 258 with a 980 OPS. And he turned this guy right before these these eight games, he turned 20, 20 years old on September 1st. But he's torn his UCL at this point, and he's out oh, for he's he's going to have Tommy John. So we're hoping oh, that he's on the, um you know, the Bryce Harper uh, trajectory of healing and that maybe he'll be back at the beginning of next season or toward the beginning of next season. It's kind of unclear. And, you know, and I think Harper is still DHing. I'm not, I'm not sure he's actually he's first. He's is he? first all right. All right. So maybe he can go on that like healing trajectory and be, he's young, young people heal fast, right? 20 year old. Sure. Absolutely. I think he should pull through this pretty quickly. All right. On, on for a not so young guy, <laughs> my pick for the Phillies this year was Kyle Schwabba who is now tied for third in Major League Baseball with 43 home runs on the season. And this is not a new thing for Schwab. And, and of course, like the stat that I forgot to put in was how many years he's been doing this. 
But at this point, he's tied for third with Pete Alonso behind uh, Shohei Otani and Matt Olson. But his average, and this I think I talked about last week too, or very recently, his his batting, he does not hit for average. His batting average, though, just went over the Mendoza line. As of the time of recording, he's batting 201. Although, this past week has been a weird week for Kyle Schwarber. His average in the past seven games is 417 with four home runs in those past seven games, which is crazy. So that means his OPS for September is 1470. So it's up there with your guys. So my big question on Schwaba is why the fuck is he a leadoff hitter? Because he's clearly not batting for average. He has zero stolen bases. So it's not like the guy, I mean, I, I always think of a leadoff hitter as the guy you want to get on base and then who can move fast, who can steal. And they have Trey Turner on their team. Right. So I don't get why. And Trey Turner's batting second. I don't get it. I mean, granted, the Phillies do have a very solid wild card position. They're seem to, seeming to do really well. And I'm sure they're going to do well in the playoffs. So, you know, I guess there are people who know a lot more than me, but it just doesn't quite make sense to me. Um, he does walk a lot. So I'm, I'm guessing that's part of the equation that they're using. He actually has more walks than hits at this point. And he, if this keeps up at this rate, which it seems like it will, if he completes the season with more walks than hits, he will be the first Philly to do so. Not the first ever. There are 47 others in MLB who have ended a season with more walks than hits, including two of my former past picks for baseball boyfriends, Juan Soto and Joey Gallo. So I, I get last last week we were talking about how you got you like fast guys. I guess I'm I'm more of the you know slow uh, ambulatory kind of. I don't know. <laughs> Just making it, making it down the line. <laughs> so a quick thing about being the leadoff hitter, largely you're only lead, batting leadoff once a game, probably. Right. right so, right. I mean, if he's walking, that makes sense to, to give him that one chance and probably he's not going to be the leadoff batter again in the game yeah it's just weird though because then you know you you think they'd want somebody who's going to then steal like somebody who's going to move i don't know seems to be working um he does hold the record for home runs from the leadoff spot with for the phillies um last year he got that record so he he hit leadoff for the phillies also last year I didn't work out well for them, but, you know, <laughs> try, try again. So we had 38 home runs from the leadoff spot last year. This year, he actually wasn't in leadoff all season. So he, at this point, he only has 30 only. But he has 30 home runs from the leadoff spot. So he's tied for second with Jimmy Rollins for that. But we still have weeks to go. And I'm sure that Kyle Schwarber will be hitting more home runs. So he will very soon be holding the record for first place and second place for home runs from leadoff spot in the Phillies. The other cool um, achievement that Kyle got this week, which is huge baseball boyfriend points, is he got the Roberto Clemente Award nomination for the Phillies. And he is the only current uh, baseball boyfriend pick of ours to get a nomination for the Clemente Award. Although if you look at the list, almost all of them are former boyfriends. We definitely have have a type. Um, And I talked about, if you go back to the offseason when I talked about Schwarber, we talked about his neighborhood heroes that he founded way back in 2017, and it's grants uh, to nonprofits that serve police, fire, and military families in each city where he has played, and he and his wife also host these families at the ballpark. So, you know, putting his actual person where his ideals are 
is uh, something else we look for. So we'll see what happens with the Clemente, Clemente Award. But we got Schwaba as our guy. All uh, right. All I'm right. Gonna... I croaked through that. <laughs> I you did well. Water. You did great. You did great. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say that I'm drinking my beer in a Woo Socks koozie because oh. Potty Mouth is is unable to have an adult beverage right now. So I thought I needed to double up. I totally to kind of take it for the team. So I've got a large beer in a large Woo Socks Mr. Smiley koozie. I'm going to talk to the police blotter. Um, at the last minute, I stuck one of my segments under police blotter because the Nationals ownership is a crime right now. The things that are doing are really, they range from just ridiculous and badly thought through to, yeah, I don't know, this is bad. This is like criminal. Um, I started this by just wanting to talk about Steven Strasberg because we mentioned a week or two ago that there was going to be a news conference. It was supposed to be this past weekend where he was going to announce his retirement because he has been injured for a very long time. It's clear he's not coming back. He pitched once in the last year and a half. It's not happening. Well, Turns out that information that there was going to be a press conference is considered a leak. There wasn't an announcement yet of that about that Oof. press conference. The ownership, the other the other rumor, the other leak is that the Nationals, the ownership, has been trying to work out a contract settlement with Strasburg. He is due his entire seven-year, $245 million contract, whether or not he's playing, because he's not playing because he's hurt. He's not like just sitting out because he doesn't feel like it. Right. The Nats are trying to whittle that down, saying, come on, be real. You're not going to play. So they haven't gotten there oh. yet. They haven't they haven't worn Steven Strasburg down to a place where he's going to say, OK, give me less than I signed for. So they're, they were not going to have this press conference. Mark Lerner, the owner, said on Friday that they had been prepping internally for this press conference. And he says, however, no such event was ever confirmed by the team or promoted publicly. It's our hope that ongoing conversations remain private out of respect for the individuals involved. Until then, we look forward to seeing Stephen when we report to spring training. Wow. What? The actual hell. Strasburg is not going to spring training as a player. He can't. He's hurt. Are you hiring him for a different job, maybe? Or are you threatening him that you got to show up? If we're paying you, you got to show up. What is happening here? This is not cool. This is not cool. The ownership is a mess in a lot of ways. They fired their whole scouting team this past week. Usually when it's time to renew contracts, the general manager gets renewed and then the manager gets because you start with the top and then work with like who who does that person want to work with well they did it backwards they renewed Davey Martinez which I'm fine with but they still haven't renewed Mike Rizzo who's the general manager which is making a lot of people suspicious and itchy yeah. it's like yeah. what are what is the message you're trying to send here you're not doing any of this in a reasonable way that's been you know you're not playing the game the right way. Oh, my God. I said it out loud. But all I can say is the cell shirts in red or blue are going to start showing up any time now because the the learners have like burned through all the trust, all the trust from the, the Nats fans right now. That That's exactly what I was thinking from the beginning is that like maybe once the athletics one is settled, we can just borrow those and dye them a new color or something. <laughs> sell in so many colors so the police blotter that's an actual prosecutable possibly crime is a is a repeat offender julio urias 
late yeah. last week Sunday, not yesterday Sunday, but last week Sunday, the Dodgers pitcher was arrested in Los Angeles on felony domestic violence charges. It was stated there was a physical altercation with an unidentified woman. This followed, uh, he was on the guest list for, to see Messi. It was a soccer match between LAFC and Inter Miami. Huh. And he was on that guest and he was arrested by the the Exposition Park Division of Police. Exposition Park is where the soccer stadium is located. So it looks like it was, he was probably there to watch the match and got arrested at like 11 o'clock at night. When the match was over, he was released on a $50,000 bond. He's gonna be arraigned on the 27th of September. So on Wednesday, this I find quite interesting. So MLB put him on administrative leave, which is what they do when they're gonna investigate a player for, um, for domestic violence, right? Usually they can do that for seven days at a time and then they can re-up it with the agreement of the union. Now, for Wander Franco, he was right. put on an unlimited administrative leave because he's accused of you know, issues with minors. So like, it's egregious, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, and one step beyond, so no one's gonna question the fact that he's gonna be on indefinite leave. They put Arias on indefinite leave. And I don't know if it's because it's his second um, infraction, Oh, you know yeah. he, that, that he that he you know he uh, he there was a policy that he broke twice now so this is the last year of his Dodgers contract he will be a free agent as soon as the season is over in 2012 he had a 20 game suspension for violating the domestic violence policy no player has ever been suspended twice so wait what year so was his suspension 2019 okay. So here's here's the thing. There's they MLB will likely wait in like also in the case of Franco, they, they will probably wait until the criminal investigation is done because there's no way people who are involved as witnesses, for instance, in the criminal investigation are also going to talk to MLB at the same time. Right. So MLB can make different decisions you know how they want mm -hmm. what consequences they want based on the findings of their investigation but they will probably wait until you know the the criminal investigation is complete in this if mlb imposes any suspensions if urias is picked up as a free agent which i don't see that happening right now a two-time right. offender right um if he is picked up by another team in free agency any suspension that is that mlb imposes would start with that new team because he's not going to play anymore this season. I mean, he, you know, his arraignment is until the 27th. I mean, there's no way they're going to wrap this up in time for, you know, the last couple of weeks. Um, back to the whole bobblehead being poorly timed conversation. <laughs> the Dodgers had a, 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 a Urias bobblehead event planned for the 23rd of September. They are no longer doing that. They're going to have some sort of, you know, I don't know, dealer's choice bobblehead situation, but it won't be, it won't be, Julio Urias bobbleheads. All right. I just looked um, up his stats really fast, and he's got a 4-6-0 ERA, 11 wins, 8 losses. So I don't know. I, I, that's, I don't think that's going to be a huge factor in anybody going after them. I mean, but then again, if, if something is egregious, look at Trevor Bauer. You're just not going to be wanted. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say the word steal, and it's not going to be about the police blotter. On September 8th, Bryson Stott of the Phillies stole a base. And that stolen base was the 3,000th stolen base across the league this season. That is the first time there have been 3,000 or more bases stolen across MLB since 2012. If their pace keeps up, because there's still a few weeks left, yeah, the, there may be 3,457 steals across the league, which is the second highest since 1920. 1920 in 1987 there were um, almost 3600 there are a thousand more steals already than last season a thousand a thousand there may be more players with 40 or more steals this season that there have ever have been since 2013 there's already five and there's a bunch that are pretty close so clearly, clearly, it's the rule changes, which is exactly what the rule changes were, were meant for. Right. They wanted more action on the base path. So one of the things is you know, the, the, the bases are a little bit bigger. I don't, my guess is it's the disengagements. You know, the pitchers only have to step off twice yeah. be, before there are consequences. So it kind of gives a free pass for the runner to go. And that is working as planned. We want to see more action on the bases. You've got it. It's huge. I'm going to give you a couple of the, the, the two players with the largest difference between last season and this season are Ronald Acuna Jr., who had 29 last year, which is a lot. He has 64 so far this season, which is and, crazy. And and my boyfriend, um, Hassan Kim, last year, last season had 12. If you remember earlier this episode, I said he's had five last week, right? So he's at 34 right this second. So that's kind of huge. At the beginning of the season, Trey Turner was interviewed about the new rules and how it was going to affect base stealing. And I talked about it on the show. And what Trey said was he doesn't think that means that guys who steal a lot are going to have ginormous. Like, like the difference isn't going to be the guys who already steal a lot, stealing a lot more. But the guys who don't steal much, each of them getting a couple more steals in, which is like the Hassan Kim yeah. model as opposed to the Akuna Man. Like both of those things appear, appear to be happening. But he's absolutely right. There are a lot more guys with a lot more steals. It's not just like the top three are, are stealing twice as much. There are many, many more players with a lot more steals than they have had in previous seasons. And I know I love watching that. I'm having a great time with that. So I feel good about it. Yeah, there, a lot of people are singing the praises of the rule changes for this year overall, like doing what they were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So I can't argue that. Yep, yep. All right. Um, I will do just a quick announcement, reminder of the Women's Baseball World Cup, which is continuing this week. So Group A already happened, and out of Group A, United States, first place, along with Canada and Mexico, will be going on to the finals, which are going to be in Thunder Bay, or Ontario, next year, next summer. The, I don't think the, the exact dates have been announced yet, but if you want to know the other three teams that will be meeting them there, you can watch the Women's World Cup Group B, which starts this Wednesday, and it's made up of Japan, the host country, uh, officially Chinese Taipei, which is Taiwan, 
Venezuela, Cuba, Puerto Rico, and France. And there's 15 games total. And if you would like to watch them, you can pay $9.99 and check out the link in our show notes. You can do um, single-day passes are available for 6 bucks, so it kind of feels like, well, if you're going to watch two games, it's worth it to just get the 10 bucks. And the timing, because they're in Japan, are good for those of you who are either um, late-night people or early risers. There are some games who are at, that are actually 8 or 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Others are 1 or 1.30 a.m., and others are 5 or 5.30 a.m. I do like myself some breakfast baseball, so I'm thinking that might be a good thing to do this week. So check it out, and we will let you know who won when we, when we, I don't know, actually, if it's over by the time we record next week, I will let you know who the three winners are. We will eventually let you know we regardless, will. but it yes. may be next week, it may be later. Um, we haven't checked in on our predictions for a while, and things have changed. Things have changed. There's been a little bit of a shakeup. Um, for the American League, Potty Mouth has Houston, and you know I didn't. And now you have that. You are you are there. You are you are winning with that. Yeah, and I'm not so, happy about it, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, but you were right, and there's satisfaction yeah. in that. How I'm going to couch this is that you know the. If we picked them to move on to the postseason, I'm going to give us partial credit. For instance, Potty Mouth had Baltimore and Seattle in the wild card, and they are currently leading their divisions. So there's okay. partial credit for those. Um, I don't have any uh, on the division leaders uh, right now because my wild card was Baltimore, Seattle, and Houston, all of whom are in the you know the division, and I have them as wild card. So again, partial credit for so for National League. You had Milwaukee. Milwaukee is leading their division right now. Oof. Nice job, Potty Mouth. I'm, and I'm these like late, late time coming into first place picks. Yeah. And you had three more that you mentioned in the wild card who are like showing up in many places. You have the the Dodgers, the Phillies, and the Hammers. So you're doing okay. pretty well as far as taking the postseason as a group. I had Philadelphia, the Dodgers, and Atlanta, but not in the right places. So I have three, but again, they're not in the right slots, but partial credit you're, you're a good am, teacher i like the partial credit thing that's that's sure. motivating to those of us to keep to keep trying that's right that's right well where i'm killing it is rookie of the year because right now gunner is looking like the american league yeah um guy and both of us had corbin carroll for the national league rookie of the year so we're we're sitting pretty for that we're not so great in cy young at the top but we both had spencer strider and he's in the running he's not at the top but he's in there he's on the list the funny thing about the um, the MVP is for the American League, the 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 betting sites aren't even taking any more bets because it's so clearly right Otani and everybody's viewpoint. They're like, we no, we can't. We're not even going to take your money. We're not even going to list other people. So that's that. And you have him. So that sounds pretty pretty good. All right. You Our know the fantasy before you you move on, Gunnar Henderson. I wish I fucking uh, flagged the video, but. There was a, a funny, really well-spoken interview with your baseball boyfriend pick from the Red Sox, Tristan Casas, talking about in this last series, because Casas has done pretty well, not quite at gunner level, but there's, they're trying to keep him in the conversation. And he was talking about like some friendly ribbing between the two of them, like that they, it seems like at least they know each other on a casual basis. And it was, it was super sweet. I, I really got to find that for you because I was impressed by Tristan Casas's well spoken nature and just like really good on camera yay and cute yay. about gunner 
I like it. I, I like people are cute about Gunner, um, <laughs> especially when they're people like Tristan Cousins, who I really do enjoy very much. That's why That's I picked him. That's why I picked him. Our fantasy league um, has hasn't changed a huge amount, except for there was a ripple in the force briefly where the Wicked Awesome team tied the kids for okay. fifth place. Um, I may or may not have information that since so this we always do. I always cut this first thing on Sunday morning before the Sunday games. And now that we've had the Sunday games, I'm sorry to tell Wicked Awesome that they're back down below the kids. But for that brief shining moment, <laughs> they were tied. They were tied. And Bono's boyfriends went back over 200. And that's pretty exciting. Everybody else is in the same order as they were before. So there's that. There's that. Hey, Potty Map, are you going to do anything but recover this week? I mean, recovering is the most important thing. Yeah, I was told by a doc that I can't go back to work till Thursday. So I'm laying low until Thursday at least. And then I'm probably not doing a whole heck of a lot afterwards. But we'll, we'll see how things go. I'm, I'm hoping for a, a miraculous turnaround tomorrow. I am too. I am too. I, it's, I, yeah, I, I want good things for you. The good thing for me is our No Crying Baseball intern is making a triumphant return on Friday, <laughs> and we are going to a sold out game yeah. at Camden Yards. It's two reasons it's sold out. One is the O's are hosting the Rays, who they currently lead by only three games. And it's a four-game series, so this this is going to be a gigantic wow. series for both teams. Friday night is special to many of us because Adam Jones, a big, big favorite, he's the, the center fielder who basically handed off to Cedric Mullins. He was the guy before Cedric took over center field. He, is, he went to play overseas. He's back. He's going to sign a one-day contract with the O's, as many returning players do with the teams that they've played with for a long time, so he can then retire as an Oriole. And that ceremony is going to be Friday before the game, and our intern and I will be there very excited and very happy and ready to probably lose our voices by screaming and cheering for Adam Jones and for the Orioles, hopefully not because of any health issues. I'm just saying. <laughs> That that should be a blast. I just love to hear sold. I mean, ahead of time, this much in advance for it to be sold out at Camden Yards is such a cool thing. That's a really great trend. Yeah, there were a couple of seats left for Saturday and Sunday. And I got to say, I'm a little tempted. Mm -hmm. I'm a little tempted. I don't know. I don't know. So I hope you're going to see some baseball games and I'm hoping you're also being safe, my friends. And I want to make sure that you find us online because, you know, every once in a while we say something that you love or something that you hate and, and you should reach out to us in either case. Potty Mouth, where can they find us? You can find us on X, formerly known as Twitter at NCIB podca podcast. Facebook and Instagram are No Crying and B-Ball. You can throw us a little bit of coffee, change, money uh, on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash No Crying and B-Ball, and keep this podcast going. We very much appreciate all you Patreon friends out there. Um, and I think that's about it. I'm thinking that I did get somebody contacted me this week and, and I'm spacing on who and where, but I will get back to you as soon as I get um, healthier, honestly. It just occurred to me that Potty Mouth never says send us your beer money because we wouldn't want to take that away from you. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 Um, I want Potty Mouth to go have a hot toddy. So I'm going to go yes. ahead and say fight the man is the right thing to do. Send your game balls to Meredith. And apparently you can now get boosted. So please get boosted. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. 
What I like is you look super tall and I look super short. <laughs> and I think that's kind of hilarious.